everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Scouting Spotlight podcast on the World Football Index. I am your host, Austin Miller, still here in Chile, Chicago, joined as always by Tom Robinson. Tom, it has been quite some time. How are you, my friend? I'm very well, thanks, Austin. Always, always nice to be back with you doing these pods, and uh, I think now is a an interesting time of the season to be to be profiling some of these players ahead of the summer, ahead of the World Cup. So yeah, I think it, I think it's uh, about time we started doing some more. I agree with you. I agree with you. There's a long list of players that I want to get done before the World Cup, so you know that we can get in on the ground level on these guys. We'll chat after the show about that list. But Tom, we have a very special guest joining us on this edition of the podcast. Simon Edwards, all the way in Medellin, Colombia. Simon, you've been on the show before. We are happy to have you back on. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, very, very happy and very excited to talk about the first player uh, that we'll be discussing. Simon has been banging down both Tom and I's proverbial doors here, trying to get on the show, begging us to profile this player, Jason Guzman, uh, a player at Envigado in Medellin, one of the small clubs with a reputation for developing youth players. Simon, you have been wanting to talk about him for so long, so I will deny you that opportunity no longer. Break him down for us, Simon. What is Jason like? Why are you so excited about him? And, and what are some of the things we could maybe expect from him in the future? Okay. Uh, first of all, it's kind of more Jason with a, with a J. It's, you know, you put your, you put your Brazil hat on still, Austin. Uh, it's a bit of a Jason Guzman. Jason Guzman. Um, that one better? Jason. Jason. There we go. Just gotcha. like, like the English one, but just sure. spelt phonetically okay. Spanish. Great. Um, so he's a, a number 10. Um, as all of the great Envigado products seem to be, uh, going back Giovanni Moreno, James Rodriguez, Juan Fernando Quintero, and now the new name and, and the name that's been on the lips of the, the directors of the club for five or six years is 20-year-old uh, Jason Guzman, who's very much a traditional South American number 10, um, has incredible technique, can, can hit a free kick, p- uh, slip some nice passes, real great weight on the passes that he delivers, and has that confidence. He always wants the ball. He always backs himself. Uh, and, he, you know, his touch is so, so perfect that, yeah, he's just a great player to watch. Um, you know, just touches the ball out of his feet. All the confidence in the world. Everyone around him is running around and he's weighing up the options and slipping some passes. So, a real joy to watch and unsurprisingly one that really caught my eye. Yeah, I definitely agree with uh, what Simon said there from from the short clips that I've seen of him. I can't claim to have seen nearly as much as Simon, but I think we all love a number 10 on this show and and he's in that traditional mould. And, and one thing that I, I really like about him is he's kind of got that capability of doing something that you don't quite expect um, and he's got that confidence to pull it off. You know, there, there was an outside of the boot assist well, I think it was a sister. It was definitely a, a, a great chance that he created once. And, a, a, and even in like a header from the outside of the box or the edge of the box, somewhere, somewhere around there. And I think that's what really makes him stand out for me as a special talent. Not only has he got all those traditional traits that you, you would see from a, a number 10, as, as Simon mentioned there, but just that ability to do something a bit match winning in a game, basically. Yeah, I think it's, I think for me, it's the kind of quiet, understated confidence. He has a clear idea of how good he is. He has zero doubt when he has the ball. Um, he always wants the ball and not in a kind of pushing his uh, uh, teammates aside kind of way, but in a quiet, confident, okay, you, you know that I'm the man for this job. You know, when it's, if it's a free kick, if it's, you know, the build up play, 
while everyone else is, you can see them really, you know, working hard to make the decision or, or really putting in some extra effort. He has kind of a, a cool head and a, and a lot of confidence about him to, to make things happen. And it's been the case throughout his career. I mean, he's 20 years old. So some will say, why have we not heard of him? Why is he still at Envigado? Uh, and I think that's an interesting point to, to discuss. Um, basically, he, he moved. He's from La Union, which is a small town in Antioquia, uh, a couple of hours away from Medellin. He moved to Medellin when he was 10. Um, and he, he played for a team called Belen La Nubia, which actually plays in the same league. The adult team plays in the same league as I play in. So, you know, he's good. <laughs> but he was spotted at, uh, he played in the, the pony football tournament when he was 14 and did really, really well. Spotted by Envigado, joined them at 15. Uh, and ever since then, whenever I speak to the directors, they say, Jason Guzman, watch out for him. Um, and he's 20 years old. I think perhaps the reason he's still at Envigado at 20 is partly physical development. Um, he's one of those guys who developed a little later. He's quite small, you know, not particularly skinny, but, you know, a, a short, short frame, kind of high shoulders. Uh, and as he was growing and as he was becoming an adult, which, again, is something that sometimes we overlook, uh, you know, his physical development, he wasn't particularly strong. He was kind of a little bit chubby, but not that strong. And, you know, now he's he's really developed physically and all of that talent uh, is well showcased and he has the physical attributes to be able to, put that into play. Simon, we've talked in the past about Envigado and about the youth setup, and, and you've mentioned, you know, just a, a small list of the players who have come through that club, even just at the same position as Guzman, you know, James Rodriguez, Juan Fernando Quintero. Obviously, that reputation of developing young players helps out a young player because they know they're in good hands. But how difficult is it to come up through Envigado as a young player? Because there are so many young players at that club fighting for positions, fighting to be seen, hoping that, you know, that next match will be their big break. How tough has it been for Jason Guzman coming up through that club? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's positives and negatives. As you, as you mentioned, every young player in Colombia knows that if he's signed for Envigado, and he's in the first team at under 18s level, under 17s level, he's probably going to get a chance at the 14, whether it be in the cup or, you know, there's a good chance that you'll make that step through. But of course, again, when it's a club that has that reputation, it's a club that scouts so thoroughly that has, you know, 15 affiliates all over the country, new players coming in all the time to the mix. You have to be really exceptional. And with Envigado, more so than some other clubs, it's really the technical level that is so important. It's often the the personality of the players and the te- and the and the decision making combined with the technique. So whereas Nacional or, or many other clubs, Santa Fe, if you're six for five at Santa Fe and fast and strong, you know, you're probably going to get a chance. <laughs> you, you fit the bill. Whereas in Envigado, you have to be exceptionally talented on the ball. And sometimes, you know, players don't come through despite that. We've probably mentioned in the past the brother of Edwin Cardona um, who has incredible technical ability but didn't quite have the personality or the the characteristics to to fulfill that potential when it came to the first team that's always a question but everyone at Envigado is technically good on the ball uh, and Jason Guzman really is something special to be head and shoulders above his age group which is filled with players who are going to go on to have good careers some may become internationals but throughout the past two or three years, Guzman is the name on the on the lips of all of the people involved in the club. So, Simon, continuing that theme of uh, number 10s and mentality, if you were to sort of compare him to previous uh, number 10s that have come through at Envigado, wh- where would you say he kind of lies? Because, you know, you, you've seen players like James and Quindero, who, for me, are 
I would say are probably equally talented, but then at the end of the day, it comes more down to a question of mentality um, and professionalism off the pitch, perhaps. Um, so do you see him kind of going on and uh, maybe following in Hammers's footsteps? Or is he someone who might not sort of quite make the most of his potential? I think one of the challenges he has and is already something that he's facing is that he's very, very much a number 10. Whereas with James Rodriguez, even at 17 years old, you could put him on the wing and you'd get something out of him. You know, as long as he doesn't have to defend too much, you can play him in a number of positions, maybe play him a little bit deeper, maybe play him on the wing, maybe play him on the opposite wing. And, and he has the physical ability. You know, Hammers is, is pretty quick, he's pretty athletic. Um, I think in terms of his style and perhaps one of the challenges he's going to face is he's more like Quintero. And we've seen Quintero play from the wing before and do fairly well. But I think everybody knows to get the best from Quintero, he has to be in the middle, but not tasked with too much defensive work. And again, we've seen Jason Guzman track back and, and he's, he's responsible in his play, I would say. But he's, you know, he's a small playmaker. You, you want him getting forward. You want him picking those passes. So as a secondary striker or as a traditional, you know, behind the forwards in front of the midfield, number 10, he's most effective. And again, that is a big challenge. You know, he plays for Envigado at the moment and, and it's a team that does very, very well, but they have a young squad. They have an inexperienced squad. So they often rely on being organized, being disciplined and working really hard. So at times when Envigado have faced some of the, the stronger opposition, Jason Guzman hasn't been picked, not because he's not the most talented guy in the team, but because you have to have, you know, 11 players behind the ball. And if you're going to defend and, and look to counter, Maybe he's not the guy. So that for me is the biggest challenge to find the right team. You know, he, I'm not going to call him Raquelme yet, but we saw Raquelme go to Barcelona and, and do nothing because it wasn't the right setup for him. So I think for me, that is the biggest, biggest challenge. He could, he could have a career where he stalls and goes nowhere for five years because he can't find the right system or he could move to Europe and, and get in a position where he gets the ball, can pick those passes, can use his confidence, use his free kicks, his shooting. All of those great attributes he has and really dictate things. So for me, that's the biggest question. Can he find the right team? Can the right team find him? Can that marriage be made? And can he you know, run things in a position which suits him? And Simon, so often on these shows, we do talk about that, about how fit for these young players is, is so, so critical. And at least based on what you're saying, it feels like to me with Guzman that that might be more true than we've had for just about any player that we've profiled so far because he's he, as you said he can't really play anywhere else he's a classic number 10 all of the good that comes with that and and I know you don't like hearing this Simon but all of the bad that comes with that too the that lack of versatility so kind of moment of truth time do you think that that can translate elsewhere as you said it's one thing to play in a squad like Envigado where you are the most talented player and it's clear but if and when Guzman goes to Europe, he's not probably going to be the most talented player in his squad right from the start. Can he adapt his game? Playing with better players will probably help him, but it could also probably hurt him a little bit, no? Yeah, I mean, that's that's completely the, the question. And this is one of the challenges that Enviado are going to face. Because the temptation will be, uh, he has the reputation. You know, Enviado is very well connected. Um, teams in Europe ask them, Okay, who's who's good at the moment? Who've you got who's good? Send us someone good. Which was the case with uh, Cristiano Araujo. He went to Valencia because they contacted Envigado. Send us a good player on, on, on trial. 
They sent over Aranjo, they signed him, and they liked him, and now he's at Benfica. So there are clubs in Europe who will go to Envigado and say, who's good? And Envigado are going to say, Jason Guzman is good. He's the best player we have. And there will be the temptation to then, okay, well, this, this, big, this big name club wants to sign him, and, and Envigado can then profit from that, and they can, they can put that on all of the, the posters and say, we've got this kid who's now gone to whatever team it may be. Um, but that may not be the best for him. You know, we saw Quintero move to first Pescara in, in Italian second division. And he completely ran the show and he dominated things and he was all over the place. And very shortly after he was at Porto, you know, he made some big steps forward. So I think that is the, the big, big question. Can Envicado resist the temptation and make the right decision in terms of finding him the club where he, the main man, where he can express himself, where he can continue to develop? He has this confidence about him, which is so, so important. But again, if, if he's tasked with doing things that he's not comfortable with, it's going to undermine the talent that he has. So he's like a real diamond and a real gem. But this is the concern. Can he find a team where he'll be the number 10? Um, because, you know, he's a young player. How many clubs are going to put a 20-year-old South American as their number 10 coming from a small side? This is a big question. If, if he goes to Holland, if he goes to Portugal outside of the top two or three clubs, I think he's going to run the show and, and look world class very quickly. But he's not big, he's not strong, he's not quick. You know, so this is the question. Can can he find a place to really showcase his talents? And, and I really hope he can because he's a real pleasure to watch. Just his passing, his vision, his swagger, his confidence is just, yeah, it's a real, real joy to watch. And I know there's um, football fans who, who come across Colombian football from time to time and they've stuck with Envigado and stuck with Guzman because of coming across the talent that he has which is so immediately evident as soon as he gets the ball you can see this is a guy who knows what he's doing and uh, yeah so I'm just hoping that next move really pays off uh, and the long term plans for the player are kept as the priority One thing that I was thinking actually in, in that with that idea of the long term being more important than maybe just chasing the the big buck straight away is potentially even a, a move within South America to Argentina. We, we've seen countless Colombians move down to Argentina. Even James Rodriguez went to Banfield and did great there. So, I mean, at 20, he's still pretty young. I mean, I know that some might see him as why is he still Envigado, but I think he's still got time on his side. And yeah, I even wonder if, you know, a year in Argentina or Brazil might be might be a good sort of stepping stone just to kind of give him, I don't know, a, a bit more of a showcase, um, maybe in a slightly more visible league um, and somewhere that's definitely going to allow him to sort of flourish in that number 10 role. I mean, and, and an even more sort of a left field shout might be MLS. We've seen them really focus on South American young talents and trying to get them before they make that move to Europe. You know, Ezequiel Barco, Miguel Almiron, uh, even Diego Rossi at LAFC. Um, so I wonder if there's a potential that if he thinks about the long term, that he, he might think think of a one or two year stint in America or in somewhere in South America before that European move comes. Uh, what do you think about that, Simon? I like the idea. Um, I think Argentina would, you know, again, it's a country that it's always placed value on a, on a number 10 and a, and a thinker and an and a orchestrator in the team. And I think if he was given that role in a Argentine side, that would really suit him well. In Brazil, 
again, if he's if he's seen as a, a Lucas Lima as opposed as opposed to anything else, give him that kind of position, that kind of role in a team. Um, some Brazilian teams could accommodate him well. US again, I think the football would would suit him. I think the physicality may be a challenge just because he's a small guy and often the US, at least with the domestic players, the physicality, the, the pace and the strength is quite important. But he could come in and we've seen South Americans over the years come and, and boss the league by having superior technique. But my concern is, and again, it is more than anything that Envigado really praised, uh, pride, you know, put a lot of importance on that European move and having their guys going to Europe. And I think there's a conflict there to some extent. I think the Envigado directors are going to want him to go to a European club so they can say, again, Envigado selling off to Europe. And again, they do, they do, they are very careful where they send them, send their players. Um, But I think the temptation to have him go to Europe now, while the, while the opportunity is there, keep, you know, often Emigado will sell the player cheaply and retain a percentage that was very important with the Hammers deal. They they didn't cash in on Hammers' contract until he joined Real Madrid. So you can think about how many millions that made them. But I think that will be the aim. Get him in Europe, get his name out there. And then hopefully, you know, hopefully in a year or so's time, he makes another move and, and then that's where they cash in. So while I like the idea of Argentina, I think Emigado are looking more across the across the ocean towards Europe uh, than down towards elsewhere in South America, traditionally. But we'll see. This Jason Guzman is a different case. James Rodriguez obviously went to Argentina first and did very, very well. But I think now Envigado see themselves as selling to Europe primarily, uh, and we'll have to see what happens. Simon, final question for you. Obviously, we have a World Cup coming up soon. No chance that we see Jason Guzman at, at this World Cup, but is he the type of player that you could see in a Colombian national team squad down the line, whether that be, you know, four years from now, even six or eight years from now? As we said, he's only 20, so he still has plenty of good footballing years in front of him. Is he the type of player that we could see putting on that Colombia shirt someday? I think if right now he was playing for Atletico Nacional as well as he's playing for Envigado, people would be already talking about him being the next whatever. Envigado is, again, people always know they produce good young players, but people don't necessarily watch their games. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a, the, can, can it's confirm, an... hadn't seen him play before we play in this podcast. <laughs> no, I don't make a habit exactly. out of watching Envigado. <laughs> exactly. Well, nor the Colombians because it's an empty stadium. Envigado are going to predominantly defend, you know, they're a small team. No one takes them particularly seriously until they beat a big team. And then it's like embarrassing. Um, but really, if you watch week to week, I think if he was at Nacional, people would be already bigging him up as the next big thing. He's kind of a bit niche. He's a bit, you know, if you know him, you know him. But if you don't follow a lot of football, you probably don't at this stage. So he's way, way off the radar at this point. But I think he has the ability. And even if he was to move within within Colombia, which definitely isn't the plan for Envigado, but if he stang, hangs around for a year or so more, then he, he moves to a big team in, in within Colombia. I think within six months, he'd be there'll be calls for the national team. We've seen Candijo become, make a huge impact with Colombia and with Junior already. Uh, we've seen players, Camposano and Nacional, who've come from smaller teams, joined some of the bigger teams, and within three months, you know, people realise what they were missing out on the whole time. And I think Guzman would definitely, at the very least, fall within that 
uh, within that bracket inside Colombia. So a move to Nacional, and within three three months, people are going to be talking about him as the next big thing. But at the moment, with Envigado, he's still off the radar. The next move is going to be interesting. If he goes to a Belgium, his international hopes are going to be delayed somewhat. He's going to have to really do something incredible to get on the radar, as we've seen with Izquierdo, uh, who's now at Brighton. He was overlooked for a long time. So I think the next move is going to dictate how his international hopes are. Probably being in Colombia will be the best thing for his international hopes immediately. But in terms of fulfilling his potential, I think a move abroad will be will be best at the moment. And then international calls would come two or three years down the line. Simon, quickly before we sign off, do tell the listeners where they can find you on Twitter. Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at Simon Edwards SAF. Uh, pins to the top of my Twitter page is actually a, a, a scouting spotlight. <laughs> a rip-off thread just on Colombian players. Traitor. So we'll dis- <laughs> I, I take it as so, a compliment. He, he called it a rip-off. That means somebody's trying to copy us, Tom. We've got something going here. <laughs> don't think it's anyone, to be fair, but, you know. <laughs> um, so we'll discuss some of the players, but there's a few more names there you can keep an eye out for who are kind of bubbling under, and maybe they'll reach scouting spotlight level in the future. But for now, they're just some of my little notes that you can keep an eye on some of the players who... Are aspiring to get on the the Austin Miller podcast. Yeah, the scouting spotlight B side, if you will. <laughs> you know, the second division team we run. To, can they make it? Can they make the level? The, the, the Colombian Academy. Yeah, right. There we go. There we go. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Simon. That'll do it for this edition of the Scouting Spotlight podcast here on the World Football Index. Be sure to follow us on Twitter for all of the latest from us. All that's left for me to say is goodbye. <laughs>